0: Hi, this is Heather Parsons with AOTA's Federal Affairs. This podcast today is going to talk about new legislation that AOTA is working on to help increase the diversity of the occupational therapy workforce. Um, I'm on the call with um, Abe Saffer, also with AOTA Federal Affairs, who has been working on this legislation. So hi, Abe, and welcome. Hi, thanks. Um, So, can you tell us a little bit about the bill that you're working on? What would this bill do exactly?
1: So, ideally, the bill would help to transform the occupational uh, therapy profession's landscape, uh, the demographic, so that it was was closer aligned to the nation's, uh, what the nation looks like. And it would do that by um, providing funds to occupational therapy programs to actually take on um, different activities to be able to do this
0: um can you give me some more examples of uh, yeah so it would help our programs but help the programs um do what and who would they be targeting of course um so the the money
1: that a program would get um would first and foremost be used for helping students actually pay for the uh their degree whether it's scholarships or stipends um the program can also do uh, be, money can be used for things like mentoring and tutoring services and also not just those but outreach to the community so whether that's the school going into uh undergrad programs or even high schools to talk about the possibility of uh, occupational therapy as a profession, um, as well as speech language pathology and uh, physical therapy, um, but also being able to show those students that uh, it's a profession that they can go into. And because a lot of people, uh, you know, students, especially from the underserved areas or areas that they don't see uh, people in these professions that look like them or represent them um, don't generally think to go into those, type of, those types of fields.
0: Okay, so um, I'm curious how the bill came about. What was the the origin of the bill, since this is new legislation for this year?
1: Yeah, um, it, when I first started AOTA
0: uh, two and a half years ago,
1: um, you know the first month it's all about learning what the profession is and reading as much as you can and just learning about the association so um, the 2015 workforce study had come out not too not too uh, long before and so i was reading through that and saw that the demographics of occupational therapy just didn't match what society looked like and so my background working for a number of uh, organizations that dealt with diseases that disproportionately affected people from racial and ethnic minorities, uh, and then working for a member of Congress in the Congressional Black Caucus who focused on this, really uh, opened my eyes to what the benefits of having a racially diverse uh, and culturally com- truly culturally competent workforce would would provide. Um, and so, from then, I just started to try to look and, and see what the best way to uh to achieve that um, and that's when uh I, I was able to come across the nursing workforce diversity program um something that i had um I, I had worked on a little a little bit uh when i was on the hill but nothing um uh not, nothing of any real uh substance but um looked at that program and uh with you know with with your help and your support i was also able to be To see how that could work very well for um, not only occupational therapy, but also speech and and physical therapies who are suffering from some of the same sort of issues uh, culturally that we are.
0: So, um, so speaking of that, I wanted to talk a little bit more. I know that originally we tried to mimic the nursing um, workforce bill, but as we Dug a little deeper, decided we wanted to change that language a little bit. I think in their bill the um, the key term for who is eligible for assistance under these programs um, or who the target target groups under this program would be what are is disadvantaged. but um, I believe that our draft legislation reads underrepresented. so could you talk a little bit more about um, how that came about? and um also who we see being potentially eligible under that definition yeah um so it came about because um uh, you know
1: we've i we've been starting to hear back from a number of different uh advocacy organizations that um deal with the issue of health disparities and with um you know the, the exact populations that we're trying to target and for them it was about these are people that were really underrepresented in whatever profession that we were talking. You know, they were looking at um, whether it was anything from you know STEM fields to healthcare to education. And so, um, the more we started to think about it and look through different uh, different examples of legislation, the term underrepresented, I think, really gave us an opportunity to not just be able to diversify the, the profession and uh, you know go out and actively target. Um, people and uh, candidates for these programs that were racially and ethnically diverse, but also you had the opportunities to focus in on people that were education educationally disadvantaged. So those are people who are first-generation college attendees or economically disadvantaged, so people that, you know, would really benefit from these scholarships or stipends, um, and even people with disabilities, you know, it's something that, they uh, that there's a there's a big push to start to understand really that with some help that you can get people with disabilities into a lot of fields that they just are not in uh, nearly just the proportion that they're capable of and so um, that for us was really appealing and the second sort of part of that is the term underrepresented is a little vague um, but it also allows the administrator of Um, uh, PERSA, the Health and uh, Services and Resources Administration, the administrator of that, who's going to be the one uh, actually uh, giving out these grants and administering the program, it gives them the flexibility to look at what is underrepresented today versus what will be underrepresented in 20 years. And also saying, is there the evidence that out there that shows that this underrepresentation causes some adverse problem that, you know, we could fix. And, um, you know, right now, ethnic and racial diversities is a major problem because if you don't have an ethnically diverse uh, profession, then it's less likely that those that uh, people are going to, professionals are going to actually go into these underserved areas. But if you get people from those areas um, who represent those areas, then they're more likely to actually serve there. They're more likely to uh, stay there longer, and then actually adherence rates and uh, health uh, health outcomes actually improve dramatically. Um, so for all those reasons, we really wanted to try to um, give as much flexibility uh, to HERSA without uh, giving away, you know, com- you know, some control of of the process.
0: Great, thank you. And um, one other question, just on the developing the bill. Um, were you able to reach out to any groups within AOTA to discuss to discuss the legislation?
1: Uh, yeah, um, COTAD actually uh, was you know extremely helpful. Um, I worked with uh, we had a call with the with the president of COTAD um, and talked about underrepresented versus you know disadvantaged and had that conversation and really got some amazing feedback on um, uh, really what the benefits of using one word versus the other, because it can, you know, seem like it's a small thing, but in reality, you know, uh, one word can make a huge difference in, uh, in any piece of legislation.
0: Great. So along those lines, um, where are we in the process? Where does the bill currently stand?
1: So we have, uh, so I was able to draft up some, some rough language. Uh, I'm not a lawyer. Uh, and so uh, APTA and ASHA, who were both on board with this bill, and they're both supportive of it, uh, APTA was nice enough to uh, let our, their lawyers take a look at it, um, and we were able to go through a first round of process there. And then uh, because we had that, we were able to go and find a sponsor. So uh, Congressman Bobby Rush from Illinois he represents Chicago, uh, and, and specifically Chicago State University, which is a predominantly black institution, a minority-serving institution uh, to be our main sponsor. And so um, I'm sitting here on a Tuesday and I'm hoping that sometime today is gonna be the day that I get uh, the legislative language back from uh, Congressman Rush's office.
0: So the bill hasn't- uh,
1: Yeah.
0: I was gonna say, so the bill hasn't been introduced yet?
1: No, we are uh, still waiting to hear back on a Republican lead Uh, Because we're very not only do we want to be bipartisan because we feel this is a bipartisan issue But uh, we want to be bipartisan because the committee has said uh, the Energy and Commerce Committee, which is going to be the committee that uh, uh, a larger reauthorization of uh, the title 7 where this program would go um, There's a larger bill moving forward and they said that if uh, you know Indicated that if we were able to get a Republican on board that it would be a lot smoother sailing. So um, as soon as, you know, as soon as we get our Republican sponsor and get everything, uh, any kinks hammered out, uh, hopefully this will be introduced really soon.
0: So along those lines, I know that small bills like this often can take years and years to pass. Um, do you think that there's a chance that this bill could pass this year? You mentioned um, something about a Title 7 bill
1: yeah so um title seven of the public health
0: service act uh
1: is where all of these workforce programs um are are housed statutorily except for the, the nursing one that we talked about earlier and that's in title eight uh but title seven needs to be reauthorized just as most most uh programs do um almost all programs need to be reauthorized regularly and so um there was a, a bill that was introduced by. Uh, uh, a bipartisan uh, Democrat and Republican in the House that to reauthorize um, the whole Title 7 program with a small increase uh, in their authorization level, so they end up being allowed to uh, have more money sent to these programs. And so the hope is that our bill, after it's introduced, um, either then you know we, we're able to get support and show support for it, and then hopefully it just sort of uh gets shoved in the uh the, the larger reauthorization of, of the of the whole program and you know we w- this bill becomes uh law uh sort of as, an, as a, it'll probably be as an amendment to the title 7 reauthorization but uh you know it doesn't matter how you get across that finish line as long as you do um so, so we're, we're, we're optimistic
0: great so along those lines what can uh, anyone who's listening to this what can our occupational therapy practitioners and students do to support passing the bill? Well, keep an eye
1: on the Legislative Action Center at AOTA dot org
0: slash take action.
1: Um, it'll it'll be there uh, on there as soon as it's introduced. Um, but in the meantime, if you want that you can call up your, le- your state legislator, your federal legislator and uh, let them know that you just support this program overall. But um, It'll be, uh, it, it will We'll be hopefully uh, advertising this far and wide, uh, and as soon as you hear about it, you know, just go to uh, our Legislative Action Center or call your member of Congress and just let them know that you support it and you hope that he or she does as well.
0: Great. Yeah, I'm sure that AOTA uh, will be sure to get that information out as soon as the bill is introduced. So, um, thank you for talking about this new bill. We're very excited. Um I it does does it have a title yet? Are we still working on the title?
1: <laughs> it does not. It, it's <laughs> it's one of the kinks we're still working out.
0: Great. So, um makes it no less exciting. Um so is there anything yeah. else you wanted to add?
1: No. Uh I, you know, I'm other than I'm just I'm this has been something I've been interested in uh since I started and it's it's uh very great uh it's great that it's uh, finally co- something's finally coming of it, um, and it's just it, you know just sort of worked out perfectly that uh, that the, re- the larger reauthorization came at this time. So um, you know I'm excited going forward to see how see how far we can get.
0: Yeah, I know we have a lot of members. Um, I go to the annual business meeting every year, um, and also talk to a lot of members that this is um, an issue that has been discussed many times, and I'm super excited for all your work and super excited for this to be introduced Um, and keeping our fingers crossed, um, moved and put to action, hopefully, this Congress. So thank you, Abe. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, no promises, but uh, yeah, (laughs) no promises. promises, We're we're working hard. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Abe. Thank you.